0: Hey everyone, I'm Kennedy and I'm Tara. We are Mamas with Trauma
1: and Unpopular Opinions. We would like to provide a trigger warning as there will be mentions of trauma in many forms. We are not licensed therapists and cannot provide professional advice. However, we can relate and provide our own personal experiences and lessons that we have learned along the way.
0: Hello everybody, welcome back.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to our fourth episode.
0: Yes. Super exciting that we're still going strong and wouldn't be possible without everybody's support. Uh, for this week's episode, we will be talking about the challenges of navigating motherhood while having past trauma. Like Specifically, we want to dial in on childhood trauma. So that will be our topic for this week. And before we get into that, uh, I'm just going to check in with you, see how you're doing, Kennedy, and what you've been up to.
1: Yeah, so it's actually been quite a bit since we, like, checked in with each other. Um, yeah. Well, not quite a bit, but we're, like you said before, we were usually chatting every day. Um, yeah. I, um, I'm actually not at home. I'm in, uh, technically, I'm in South Mountain, Ontario, but it's just about, like, 40 minutes outside of Ottawa. I'm visiting a really close friend of mine. Um which is pretty exciting. I haven't gotten to see her in, like, two years, so it's been really nice to spend some downtime with her. Um, we're here for the rest of the week. We got here Saturday, so it's just been really nice to spend some quality time with her for the first time in, like, like I said, two years. Um, so that's been really fun. It's been really nice to have our kids meet and interact with each other. And just oh, to...
0: yeah. oh, sorry. Does she have, like, how many kids does she have?
1: She has a, she has a daughter. Okay. Um, so I actually... Um, she lived in Nova Scotia very briefly and we connected when she lived in Nova Scotia and her daughter was about the age of my son when they moved back to Ontario. So I haven't seen a lot, well, like a lot of her daughters like growing up, but it's been mm. really nice to, um, like we've stayed connected over like FaceTime and Facebook and all that stuff, but we haven't actually got to see each other since I think like March of 2021.
0: Wow. It would have yeah. been.
1: Yeah, so I wasn't even pregnant at the time or anything so um so that's been really nice um, and seeing our kids like play together is pretty cool mm-hmm. um, it's been a nice little break like a vacation for us so like I'm off I've been off work this week so really just like taking some downtime we got to experience the whole um daycare thing because her daughter got sick from daycare I guess of last week so she oh, had yeah. a, bit of a fever on Sunday so um, I'm feeling a little under the weather but otherwise oh. I'm doing okay. Um it's just been a busy busy week but mm-hmm. it's been it's
0: been lots of fun so you mm-hmm. Um yeah so this past weekend my sister and my dad and my niece were down here visiting. Uh, my niece was already here cuz she was with her dad for like March break. Um, so my sister and my dad had come down to get her. And anyways, they spent some time here with us. So it was really nice to spend like quality time with them and for them to spend some quality time with Evie. It's always nice. And plus I took advantage of my sister being here and taking some of the load with Evie (laughs) so I could like sleep in or whatever. So that was good. Yeah. And then they left Sunday and then one of my really good friends, Val, came over to see us um, just shortly but it was nice to see her and yeah so that was my weekend and since then I've been pretty okay the time change kind of fucked me up and I think screwed up Evie's sleep a little bit like she was still going to bed at the same time but like she was waking up constantly and I think it was just screwing her up and then that, yeah. meant, like, I was getting up, too. And um, so I've been, like, super tired the past couple days and napping when she naps. Like, it's funny because, like, it's like I'm literally sleeping when she sleeps.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> taking full taking full advantage of that. um little bit, yeah. Yeah, but she's kind of getting back on schedule. Like, we'll see how tonight goes. It's always, every night is different. It's never the same.
1: Yeah.
0: But anyways, yeah. I'm, like, really excited about well like I was really excited about last week's episode with boundaries and I we got some really positive feedback on that I don't know about yeah. you Kendi, but like a few people reached out and really appreciated what we had to say and felt like it related to not only being like a mom but like personal life like just as a regular person because boundaries is something that a lot of people struggle with so yeah
1: that's exciting um I didn't hear too much I hadn't been to any of my mom groups in the last week because um we were away so far we missed our last like baby music class and my mom and baby group doesn't start up until next Next week, and I probably won't get to go. Okay. But I was gonna, I was gonna share with you that I went to take my um, elderly uncle um, to the eye doctor, and I ran into a girl that I've met. I met through like the mom and baby class, and she was like, she's like the optometrist at the eye doctor, and she was like, oh my god, I listened to your podcast. I was like, I was like, oh my god, stop.
0: Oh, <laughs> nice. It's so nice when you hear that from people that you don't like talk to all the time, like just somebody in passing.
1: I actually reached out to her one, the time that pe- like Peter had um, a bit of an eye infection. Mm-hmm. Um, found out that it was just like the mucus from his nose uh, yeah. excreting through his eyeballs, which was not oh, fun.
0: That's disgusting. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> but I asked her because she's an optometrist, and she was a like we're just mutual friends now that like we've done the group together. And she's oh, like, okay, she's yeah. really nice. I joked that we might ask her to be a guest sometime, and she was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, no!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to talk." Yeah. <laughs>
1: But she's yeah. It was really cool. It was almost like it was also like a little jarring to be like in public and someone be like your podcast. And I was like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like freeze there. You're like, I I was almost
1: like, yeah, almost like shy. I was like, yeah. And then it was funny because I was actually talking with Isabel, and she I can't remember what we were talking about, but I just said in passing like, oh, I don't know if you listened. And she's like, oh yeah, I've listened to every episode. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So hi,
0: Isabel. <laughs> yeah, um, it's nice to have the support like we yeah, sure, had sure. and like if everyone can keep, you know, sharing our posts and everything so we can just reach as many people as we can, you know. Yeah. That's always good. So, yeah, so for this week, again, we'll be talking about, um, you know, all the challenges of navigating motherhood and how having that that layer of trauma, how it basically affects everything that we do as a mother. Um, this is just going to be part one of of this topic. At the end of the episode, we will introduce or I guess we'll announce uh, next week's episode. I'll, I'll let Kennedy do that at the end of the episode. But so super excited. We have a guest on today. Um, she's a pretty
1: important
0: one too. <laughs> the reason why I'm super excited is because she is my sister and I talk about her all the time. So why not have her <laughs> part of you know, this week's episode? So I'll just do a little introduction for everybody about um, Renee. She's married to her best friend. They've been married for a few months now. They actually got married in Vegas. Super typical of my sister to do that. Um, she was a young mom. She had her daughter at the age of 20. She's now 28 years old. And she's a recently, she's a stay-at-home mom. And she also has two bonus sons, uh, eight and seven, if that's correct. Yeah, I think so. And really cool fact about my sister is that she is 14 weeks pregnant but it she is a surrogate carrier so is that i don't know if i said that right gestational carrier slash surrogate so that's like the term for it so yeah she's doing this for another couple who cannot carry their own baby and it's just super cool um that's just like a side note about her and the wonderful person she is and Uh, We just wanted to have Renee on for this episode because like Renee mentioned a few things as we were talking about our podcast, like before we even started and she mentioned some things and we were like, well, like we didn't even think about that. Like maybe you should come on for an episode and talk about it if you're comfortable because her daughter is eight, you know, and our babies are just like one in 10 months. So we're not at that point yet where we've gone through all these years of raising a child where Renee has. So she's gone through some things and has some experience. So it's like, it'll be super valuable and a good point of view to have for this week's episode as being a mom with trauma and raising a baby of your own. So with that being said, hi Renee. Yes. (laughs) Howdy. Y'all. That's what I was going to say. I was like, oh, howdy, (laughs) partner. Yeah. So what would you I guess what would you want to share we can just start like whatever you want to share with everybody um you know as being a mom and having a daughter of your own what that's been like for you however much you want to share
2: yeah so I'll definitely um say thanks guys for having me on uh so yeah just want to start with like how being a young mom with trauma is really difficult because when you are young you're not self-aware you don't even know that you have trauma You haven't dealt Mm. with any issues. Um, You're just really angry. Like, I was, like, 19, almost 20. Um, And, of course, you know, all your friends are partying. And so when, you know, it's when you do get pregnant at that age, everybody disconnects with you. Um, It's really hard to figure out because even though... Like, you know, you were there trying to help. It's like neither of us knew anything about a baby.
0: No, I mean, I was young myself and I wasn't a mom, so I can only help as much as I can, right?
2: Yeah, and, and you know, too, like growing up, um, I never dealt with any of the trauma. I was you definitely did early, but I didn't. Mine um, came out later on, especially when I did get pregnant. Mm. And that's when I started reliving it. That's when my flashbacks came. Um, I started remembering things and then I became really angry. With my own mother and you know her faults and stuff like that, that really, really did come out. And then I still wasn't diagnosed. I still had no idea about anything of myself, mm. uh, so that made it difficult. And because I was young, I had no idea how to ask for help. Postpartum wasn't a conversation. Nurses didn't help me. Um, you know, and this I had is just no... eight
0: years ago. Like it's not yeah. like we're talking like thirty years ago. Like this is still something that wasn't like normalized eight years ago. Like that's crazy
2: yeah so it does show like how much things have changed in like just a short Mm -hmm. you know um situation but yeah and i mean well like i did have birth in like a small area but i mean so did you i think
0: yeah i was in bathers you were in Camelton.
2: yeah so i mean it's not too far so i mean you did have the knowledge i think that helps so you knew you know what to ask and how to plan yourself um yeah yeah i had no idea i mean i had no idea about a birth plan uh (laughs) no idea pack i had no you know no one was pregnant. No one had babies. Like, who do I go talk to? My mother that didn't,
0: you know? Well, it's like, like you said, you were going through some feelings towards her, like some negative feelings. So she's not going to be the first person you're going to reach out to, right? Like
2: she's going to be the
0: last person you're going to want to confide in when you're also dealing with all these, like these, these feelings towards her. So.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And because of all that, I mean, Everyone was, of course, worried about me being pregnant, and because we like young. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and so that's when me, and my own mother too, started to really hash out, and I didn't talk to her for a while, um, a good year, because it was just causing me a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just sick my whole pregnancy, and you know, like I said, I had no idea. The father, also, was you know, just as young as I was, yeah, trying to figure it out. So it definitely was a very traumatic, like, pregnancy, like, in the trauma zone, um, as well as, like, the first year, of course, again, like, not knowing anything, not realizing there's help available, um, still not diagnosed.
0: Did you, like, looking back now, do you think you experienced, like, any sort of, like, postpartum anxiety, depression, psychosis, anything like that, like...
2: Immensely. Um, it's something that I speak about now, mostly because of you that you and Kennedy do. Mm. Um, you know, I was really ashamed of the first year. Like, I did not like being a mother. I regretted it. I was, I hated myself for, you know, having it. I did not want, I didn't want anything to do with it anymore. I knew I didn't want to have another one. I hated my life. I hated everything. Mm. I self harmed constantly, um, even at my jobs, like, I was hurting myself. Um, mm. I did a lot of that. So that was, it was a pretty rough year that I never spoke about. And that's when I decided to finally leave there and move towards you. Yes, um,
0: definitely. Cause you need that support, right?
2: Yeah. And I think that was an amazing first step that, Hey, at least I realized that I need some kind of help. So I did take that first initiative, which is thank yeah. goodness because who knows what could have happened. What um, do you
0: think helped? Like Cause you said the first year was really hard and you were self harming and you weren't enjoying being a mom. So what changed
2: when I did move to Ferguson with you guys? um, I went to the mental health clinic Mm. and that changed everything. I actually got the diagnosis for the first time. Um, So I have, you know, depression, anxiety, um, borderline personality and PTSD. So at first, you know, I was still like, I think I was only 21 was diagnosed. So, For me, it was kind of like, oh, my God, so I'm nuts. You know, that's how it was. That's great. But once that went away, it was like, oh, no, there's, you know, there's a reason. There's help. I can Now I know that there's actually support because I remember speaking with you. And I think you were telling me about the mental health clinic and, you know, that it helped you. You were speaking to somebody. And so I just wanted to check Mm -hmm. it out. And I finally did like a, you know. Is it three hundred and sixty or one hundred and eighty?
0: It's funny because I've said this before, right, Kennedy? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's
2: like we don't know
0: our we don't know our math or our geometry or whatever, right? Like, oh my no, gosh. Yeah, thank god, none
1: of us. I think, math yeah. I think three hundred and sixty. You like go back to the you same, go back right? to the start, so you did a one eighty <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you did a one eighty.
0: <laughs> so what? <it>, okay. <laughs> no, uh, and like, it kind of like breaks my heart to hear how much you were struggling. Just well, I mean, because you're my sister. But for anybody, yeah. you know, like that you suffered in silence for a whole year because it wasn't like talked about. Or
1: normalized and no one
0: or... no one was yeah, no it wasn't normalized, yeah. no one was checking in on you. You didn't have anyone around that you could confine and like you said, all your friends were not mothers yeah, Lincoln, and not moms, Yeah, they were yeah. drinking and um that's just it's just sad that, that you didn't know how else to like cope, you know, and yeah, and get just, to enjoy it and at all. Yeah,
2: and I I remember just being so scared to even like tell anybody. because I was like, "How can I say these feelings and like risk her being taken away from me?"
0: Oh, and like it's sad that you know moms can't be honest about how they feel toward about being a mom or their how their motherhood journey is going without feeling like they're a bad mom, right? Because you're not a bad mom because just because you were struggling, like that's not your fault. Yeah, you I know, mean, there's, like, of
2: course, there was those wonderful moments, but when the bad moments, like, in that year, you feel so much guilt and shame, and you keep going back to them instead of, like, reliving the good ones you had.
1: Well, of where, course. are like, I can do
2: this, and it's I mean, like, so, overwhelming. I definitely want to talk about it because, I mean, there is, I'm sure there's so many moms in secret that, you know, not saying this is good, but, like, or bad, but thinking, and, you know, like, just err to your kids sometimes, right? That, like, you're, you need to walk away before you do something, they're having those constant thoughts, and it is normal. Yeah, Yeah. it's, but the fact that you walk away is the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't, yeah, definitely doesn't make, it makes you a normal mom to have those feelings of, like, anger or frustration or impatience or whatever you're going through. Like, there's so much with postpartum, and, and then you add, you know, being alone and not having support and everything. I can't imagine, like...
1: And then also I mean, the added the added layer of trauma and like how young you were and like I, I felt the, like I felt frustrated and I felt those moments of feeling like oh so overwhelmed that like the only thing I could do like while the baby was crying was put him in the crib and walk away.
0: Yeah and yep. if as long, and they say like as long as baby is safe like it's okay to walk away. Don't feel ashamed Like sometimes you need to just walk away because it's better that you do that than do something you're gonna regret right?
2: Big time. The biggest thing for me was like just going in the shower,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like, just putting your ears away and just like that shower relaxing you and um, yeah. really anything. But I'm just happy that I did walk away. Just, yeah. just, just just like that simple walk away just shows, you know, some strength that you have in you. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being every time I was so mad at her, I was mad at Danny. That's father of well, my of course. kid. Yeah. Because
0: you cause would have I- resentment probably.
2: Yeah. uh, I mean, it was three months old. She was when I had to go back to work and he didn't want to work, but he also didn't want to take care of her. Mm -hmm. So I worked six in the morning, six at night at the time. And so she was at babysitter. So I'd have to go get her. I was the only one doing the nights and cleaning the house and cooking Mm -hmm. the meals. And so it was a lot. And then on every second weekend, I'd go visit dad who wasn't well either at the time. My Mm mare wasn't well either at the time, but even though they weren't. It was like that, just change of environment that was nice. Yes,
0: sometimes it makes all the difference.
2: It's like watching them struggle kind of helped me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes you feel better as about as yourself. <laughs> yeah, as far as it sounds, that that helped me. <laughs>
0: so, um, just to get back on track, so like you found once you were closer to supports, like your supports and your people, and then getting help. Yeah, so from there, I guess, how did you manage, or how did you come to terms with your like your trauma? Like,
2: it definitely, um it would go away for a bit and then I would stop taking my medication because I'm still young. Right. I'm still like, Oh, it's, I'm good now again. I'm fine. No, I don't need therapy anymore. I don't need my medication. And then you go back to a spiral, not realizing, no, it's okay. You, you might need it for the rest of your life. Just like if you had a heart condition. Yeah. Um, And that was something that, you know, I just didn't comprehend at the time. And so I ended with the father gotten, you know, when you do have trauma and single mom, you're so vulnerable to abusive relationships. Um, it makes it an easy target. And after that, of course you go through another whole trauma set of, especially Ava was the same age as me at the time she was going through those things, those trauma with my ex. Um, it was the same time where I first faced any trauma in my life. Okay. So
0: how old, how old was, was this? What age? Sorry. I mean,
2: well, when he left, um, stuff like that. She was five. Okay.
0: So that was when... Oh, you mean like when your ex, like the your abusive ex? Yeah. Okay.
2: And so she started having kind of trauma symptoms after that. And I was the same age when I faced any kind of trauma. So it's like, all of a sudden you're going through things again. Like, how could I have let this happen? Now my daughter is going to be screwed up as I am. I let this happen. How could I, as I went through my own stuff, how could I not realize that? And so that kind of brings you all the way back to square one. That was really hard. So try to work on myself again, and it was really hard seeing her go through those trauma symptoms. Um, And I would get so mad, but then every time I got mad, I would go through my own PTSD. I would hate myself. I would, you know, cry. I would, you know, apologize to her so much, cry with her, um, show too much emotions with her. Talked to her yeah. like she's way too old um, because she was all I had at the time. Okay. And, and well,
0: you're also being triggered, right? Probably at the same time. So,
2: yeah, I mean, even every time she'd give me attitude was a trigger because I'm trying not to get mad because I never yeah. want to show her that type of anger. And so every time your child constantly like fights with you, you know, you go the flight or fight response. And for me, it was just kind of flight every time. Mm -hmm. And I'm still like that. I'm kind of flight. I just, with any anger, I just freeze up. Yeah.
0: So from there, after, like when she, after that, like that stage of her being five and going through that next journey of like healing, I guess, for you, like, I guess, take us from there, like how, how things went or if you want to share anything that has stuck out.
2: Yeah. The biggest thing um, was when I met my husband at the time with the two kids and I seen how difficult, those children were because they didn't have um, the best mom at the time either. So I really took a focus in that, and that helped me a lot. Um, it was nice to have for Ava to have other sibling types around. I was more into my jobs. I also started taking a, d- a college degree, and a lot of that because it was in mental health. I learned yeah. so much about myself, so mm. much about her, so much about help, so much about everything. And that alone helped me so much because in that class we had to do so much journaling. Yeah. Um, And I think that was like the most therapeutic thing because you didn't even realize, even though it was a certain, about a certain topic that didn't have to be personal. It was so, it, it really just, you know, um, reflected on your own life and you didn't realize. And yeah,
0: I feel like I did the most amount of like self-reflection and being like becoming self-aware and, healing and whatnot when I was in like university or like in social work school because all our topics were about like trauma and like all this stuff and yeah it was just like an awakening that I had
2: yeah I feel like anyone with trauma should just take you know like even a year course six months course not they don't have to do anything with it but it's so nice to just understand yourself you'll never learn more than you can there and you're gonna think like oh what you know it's about a book what more can i learn about a book than yeah. the real life but there is because you do see other people in the classes too that have are in that because of the same stuff they have
0: um yeah so it's, it's really like a different perspective, right? It's like
2: something big from- Big time, a- big time.
0: Sorry, anyway, keep going. I cut you off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's okay. It's like um, I'm used to it. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's fine. Um, I remember those journals too. It was like, this is a situation. How are you going to help them? Um, And the biggest thing too was finally to have that partner and best friend support that I could speak with him. I could like, even if I had my moments of just angry for like a second, he didn't get mad at me. Mm-hmm. And that still is sometimes like, why aren't you get, getting mad at me for that? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, like, it's okay. It happens. That's how he is. Having someone like that is is amazing. Because um, mm-hmm. I think you just, sometimes you need to test, like, you feel like you need to test someone. To yeah, see how much you anger, need to push like, them. Get. Yeah, yeah. but him, I don't need to. Because he just be like, it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does not talk like that, but. <laughs> 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 but. It's yeah. So dumb. And I mean, even to see how far Lincoln Hudson have gotten and Ava's in therapy now herself. And um, you you know, even like, she, you know, went through some stuff with her dad and acts and stuff too. And even if she didn't have a little bit of trauma, I feel like everybody can benefit from some therapy.
0: Oh, everybody and,
2: could. <laughs> you yeah, don't have to go I mean,
0: through, you don't have to go through trauma to, to, to need therapy, you know?
2: Right. And there's a lot of shame for kids being in therapy. Like, you know, no, what you can't talk to your Shouldn't. kids you just have to you know but it's like you have no idea until you you know hear them or see how smart they are you'll never know what's really in that little brain until you hear that from a therapist and she's so emotionally intelligent too and i hear that from her therapist and mm-hmm. so sometimes it's like huh oh, how did i eat? you know <laughs> uh- <laughs> no,
0: you you and that's something that like I hear you all the time saying about yourself is like, oh, you know, I guess I'm doing an okay job. And I'm like, oh my God, Renee, yes. <laughs> like, like, even if she was just like a regular child, just living and being fed, going to school, having her needs met, you'd be doing a good job. But like, you're going beyond that. You know, you're, you're always aware of like what she needs, like in terms of, you know, therapy, like you connected her with that and you're going above and beyond for her. So.
2: Yeah, I, f- I just feel like it's hard at this stage because, like I said, she's the same age, especially right now, when the big traumas were happening to us. And so when she doesn't want to eat her food, trigger. When- yeah, so do you want to get
0: more mm-hmm. into that, I guess? Because that's something that I really wanted you to talk about is how you've been triggered by having a daughter and by having a child at the age that you began experiencing trauma. Like, how has that been?
2: Yeah, it's you never realize when a trigger is gonna happen. You never realize that triggers almost will always happen. It's always gonna be a part of your life, unfortunately. Um, And it's something you kind of always have to be prepared for because you're almost reliving your own past over and over and over um, as the ages go to where your trauma is going. Mm -hmm. And being young and stuff like that, um, there was so much different. And everybody was telling you how to parent because you're still pretty young that everyone's looking at you. a kid can not parent a kid. Um, so you're constantly just trying to, you know, get the approval of everybody else. Like you've done your whole life. And so you're trying to get out of that stage of, of everybody just looking at you like a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's especially now that she is at that age where it was like really bad trauma. It's, you know, when she doesn't want to eat her food and we had trauma with that, it's, it's constantly triggering because it's like how can you know you have like a three-course meal on you know for supper and you're not gonna want to eat it's like you have no idea how hard people have it you know and so that can it that's pretty hard um yeah stuff of just like what if I'm not feeding her healthy all the time, but she really wants to eat that. And I never got to eat that as a kid. So I'm going to get her that and
0: mm. constantly
2: spoiling because you never want her to feel left out as a kid or, um, you know, I always promised she would never have screens, but like ever all her other friends have screens. So I gave her screens because I never want her to feel left out because mm. seeing her face heartbroken when she's feeling any kind of way you did, even if it's like this much of it, it's triggering. It's just you don't want them to ever feel any s- way you ever felt.
0: You don't want her to feel any kind of like sadness or being alone or vulnerable. You want to kind of like avoid that no. and like and like um, save her from that. So almost like overdoing it. People might see it on the outside as you're overdoing it, but for you, it's like you're just doing everything you can to almost and like you're like you're almost seeing her as yourself right like yeah as you once were so you're trying to avoid that for yourself that 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 hurt for yourself and for her so Big that, time. Yeah, must be hard
2: yeah when you look at them and you know you upset them i can't explain that heartbreak
1: it's like <clears throat> it's almost like you're trying to overcompensate because of the things that you've experienced in your life and that you're almost afraid she's going to experience any of that pain and any of that like well trauma but also like the discouragement and like disappointment and it's like almost trying mm-hmm. to protect her from that because you maybe because you, you feel like you couldn't have you couldn't protect yourself maybe so maybe trying to like overcompensate in healing your inner child
0: yeah so yeah. you're you're in turn protecting her from any kind of pain yeah although yeah. like she she will never you know, she's never going to experience she's, what you did because you're you're such a good mom that you're making sure. You know, I mean, like you said um, before, maybe you had you know relationships that weren't the greatest, and unfortunately, you know, she experienced some me- negative side side effects by that. But you're never gonna put her through the things that you went through. But just that, that part of you is still going to want to do everything you can so she doesn't have to hurt in any way, you know? Especially yeah, yeah, you, because you're you're so aware of the things that you did as a young mom, I guess, maybe. And you're just like, yeah, yeah like, you're, like you're, you're overcompensating.
1: But, like, you're a great mom, Renee. Like, I've seen you with <laughs> Ava. I've seen the way that you handle situations with her. And you you handle situations better than I would have known how to like mm-hmm. you are a great mom and i you know i know that you're never gonna let ava experience any of the things that you've experienced in your life you will protect her from mm-hmm. those things she will have the tools that maybe you or tara or i didn't have to like those communication tools and to know the difference between all of these things but you're doing that work with her now. She's never going to experience the things that you did because you're going to protect her, and you're in the way that you choose to show up for her is very different.
2: Like hit the heart for you. <laughs> oh,
0: I can tell that in your eyes. <sighs> yeah. You're like, eh.
1: I know. I was like, "Oh no, I didn't mean to make her cry," but I know, like, I know as a mom, like, I have, uh, I doubt myself quite a bit, um, and I kind of have similar fears of like. What if my child, like, I don't want my child to experience the things that I have. But I'm, choos- I'm choosing to parent him a different way than I was, than I was parented, for example. Um, but
0: also, it's okay to, like, mess up or make mistakes or slip up and hmm. raise your voice. Or, you know, we're all going to do things. But it's the fact of, like, being self-aware of that and correcting it and um, doing better. You know, like, because we're all human but we're, our kids are never going to experience the amount of trauma or pain that we did as children. Like, you know, that's yeah. what matters.
2: And the biggest thing too is no matter if I do screw up, I always, always apologize to her. The, she really said something to me today, actually on the drive. Um, she was like, you know, mama, I just want to tell you that when I'm really mad at you and I say, I hate you, you know, I don't mean that. Right. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, because, you know, being a mom that has trauma, you're always looking for that approval. And yeah. you can't stand when anybody hates you or doesn't like you doesn't matter if it's for a second or if it's your own kid. You never want to displease anybody. So sometimes I'm so scared. And I'm just like, have everything. <laughs> Don't hate me. Um oh, yeah. you know, so when she said that, though, that really meant a lot. And, um, we got many petties today and I think that was important to just have that little special time together. It doesn't have to be huge or, you know, a lot of time I try to make up because I'm so sad that she's alone and playing alone that I'm always playing with her. But I got to remember, like, I'm not a kid. She mm-hmm. can't, you know, she's got to kind of figure out her for herself too sometimes. Um, yeah,
0: so... Like, where are you at now, I guess? Or how have you coped or dealt with, navigated, I guess, your trauma? Or how are you still navigating it, I guess, now? Like, what's, uh, what's now working? Now I or?
2: feel like I'm going through different um, triggers. And, of course, each stage it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, she was at a friend's house, and this little boy pushed her down and kissed her, and she was screaming no. Oh, and God. so we all had to talk to him about consent. And... Um, she, of course she came home telling me all about it and, you know, we had another talk, but even though the mom talked and the mo- mother also had been through a lot of trauma and she was heartbroken. Like, you know, it was her nephew or something. And I can't believe this happened. Um, I never wanted any child to ever feel this way. Consent is so important to me. Um, but unfortunately we do speak with our, all of our girls about this because we're so scared for them to have to live through that again. Yeah. Um, But I feel like a lot of parents don't, unfortunately, speak with their little boys about that.
0: Yeah. And that's something that I think me and Kennedy had talked about last episode was about consent and and your body and all that stuff. So it's important, yeah, for boys, too, to be raised talking about consent, not just girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was probably just because I know, of course, your past and everything. That was probably hard for you to hear that she experienced that.
2: Big time. I feel like having a little girl, as you'll know, Tara is the most terrifying thing. You just, that's yeah. always in the back of your head is what happens if this happens, what happens if this happens? Um, and you can say like, it's never going to happen. I'll never let that happen. You can't control once they leave the house or you can't keep them caged up um, and not let them go to friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to make sure that you do have such an open communication relationship with your child that they will come to you because I don't want, any, you know, any little girl to feel like I didn't only come out, like, years later.
0: Yes, you know? for sure. That's really important. That's a good thing to, like, mention is having that relationship with your child where they can come to you about anything and not be afraid or whatever. And look, um, s-
2: keep that in them when they're young because when they're young, they're so vulnerable to that. Um,
0: Just you mentioning that, I I kind of realized something the past few days. of, Like, I mean, there's other things that. Have come out like having a like a child or whatever, like with my trauma that has impacted me. but like I found most recently, um, I'm like I feel weird about other men being around uh, Evie, like in the sense of like being alone with her or bat- bathing her or seeing her naked, like changing her bum. Um or babysitting her. Like I've noticed that I'm not comfortable with that. Like maybe this is just something all moms are weary of, like or you know, or on alert of. I don't know. But for I just find like I'm just not comfortable with like any men, like besides Brandon. It's her yeah, dad.
2: it's a scary, especially with other even if it's family members, because a lot of times, you know, that's
0: it can be a family member, yeah
2: yeah so it's definitely hard because you just end up looking at everybody like that and it's even more scary like could they do that could they? and it's it's a horrible thought to think like look at everybody like that but yeah you know, so but it's better. Be, it's honestly better to be a little self-aware
0: um yeah at least i'm aware of it i guess and like i don't know i can't yeah i mean for now i have i it doesn't i don't i don't have to allow any man to like watch her or bathe her, babysit her, change her. Like that never has to be something that I allow, but I just noticed it in the past couple of days. You know, I don't know. It was just something that I was like, well, I didn't realize before that, that was going to be something that was going to impact me. For sure. Yeah, well, just because I know what you went through too. So it's just something that I'm like aware of that. I don't know. makes me uneasy.
2: Yeah. It's but- definitely terrifying, but the important thing is too, and a lot of people don't want to speak about when their children are young, but unfortunately it's so important because when they're young it's a lot of times you know it happens when they're young because you know they're, they're vulnerable yeah mm-hmm. and they they trust other people and they won't you know like this is yeah. love i love you and it's horrible but um yeah. so i've always told ava since i think it was just like since she was three i put in her head like if anybody touches you you come tell me the only person that should ever touch you would be mama to clean you and bath mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if they're telling you it's okay doesn't matter if they say don't tell it doesn't matter if they're saying it's because they love you i don't care what reason if it's good or bad you tell me
0: i find like i just i see that you have such good like conversations with ava like that are like not above her age that are like like you you gear it towards like your it's age appropriate conversations that you have with her but it's like just always open conversations where I feel like she can come to you if if anything happens or she's, she's very open minded too and emotionally intelligent and aware of her own feelings and how to like deal with it. And she's observant of other people too. And her surroundings, which is important at, I guess like a young age and how to like ask for help and and to go to for help and to go to you if she ever needs help. Like those are all important things too. I just thought of something too that I don't know if you're comfortable like talking about, um, but you had an experience with social services. Mm.
2: Yeah, that was so, probably the most triggering thing. Um, I was just letting Ava play outside. Um, it was living in Franklin for just a couple months and now I know why I'm a small town person. <laughs> yeah, really. But, yeah. Um, because Ava was outside and um, I wasn't right beside her. Someone called um, social services on me saying that I was neglecting her and she hurt herself and no one came for her and all this crap. Um,
0: yeah. So, so they- to, pro- to provide like context, I I guess what Ava was like walking maze on the sidewalk and you were watching her from like the window as she went and let me have like a pee or something like your dog and she fell and then the neighbor
2: called yeah, ran right out but she told them that like no one was around no One came out she had to come over rescue her and walk her back home and like she was right there but the biggest things too is they went and um asked questions to ava's school and the teacher said that like Ava' dress is like sloppy, her hair is greasy; it's never brushed. Um, and at the time, which made me really mad because she's not a girl that likes her hair up. Everyone knows that. And I believe feminism: if you don't want to have your hair up, you why would you have to? You're a girl; it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as well, she's a girl with curly hair, so mm-hmm. as, many times you brush your hair. You know, um, mm-hmm. and baby oil for curly hair, and it's you know there's many reasons, but um, yeah. it doesn't even matter. It's the fact that they came and then was like even bigger things that I thought it was gonna be, and at that moment was like, holy crap, this is real, this is happening to me. How could this happen to me? What did it? You know, where did I go wrong? You know, and um, I mean, I might be losing my kid, and uh, you know, I just like I just like froze. Everything just froze around me um it was it was pretty damn terrifying because in my head too i mean i've seen other people's houses i've been in situations and it's like no one helped me for a long time no one yeah. helped no one helps these other kids but you're going to come in my place where i'm trying to do my best and like yeah i
0: yeah.
2: just i blah and even though yeah. I'm like <laughs> like i love you obviously and you're a social worker and i love what you do but it's like these like look at these people I'm like this is why you know y'all get a bad name <laughs> yeah. and um and I was like um so you're saying like my daughter came in be in the backyard with a big fence um even if I'm just right there watching her and it's like nope not unless you're right beside her and I was like well no wonder why kids are on screens
0: 24/7 yeah
2: and I was just yeah. really angry and then it just like was triggering back to like not trusting the system and you know not trusting mm-hmm. anybody around me and just hating everybody and hating myself again and like yeah. now I'm gonna be overprotective with Ava again and you know it's like all this work I did is just like now I'm like Yeah. Where do I go from here? And that was the most terrifying thing is to have like a clearly come full circle is yeah having someone question you and especially I'm like, what if they look in my past and they know I was in the system. Is that Are gonna they be now gonna, that they're, they're yeah. gonna use it against you. Are they gonna constantly follow up on me now? Um how can I face this teacher now that, you know, said all these things and, oh, it was awful.
0: Yeah, it's, and what would probably be hard about that is the fact that, like you said, when we were going through our stuff, like our trauma, it was years and years and we looked hundred times, I'm sure the worst the worst day that ava has had at school like we looked you know disheveled and everything and we were still left in that same situation like no one got us out of the situation or made it a big thing it's just like but that'd probably be hard for you to like
1: yeah i can't imagine how that must have felt for you like that must have been so triggering so traumatizing and just like so scary to know that Mm. Well, not know, but, like, to think that that could have been happening in that moment. Yeah. I can't like, imagine. what if you what lost Ava
0: be- or something?
1: Yeah, I can't imagine what you would have been feeling in that moment, that they, like, showed up at your door or whatever.
2: Yeah, I remember, like, for the f- couple weeks, I just kept looking back and, like, scared they're going to show up. Or, like, I was too scared to let her go to school because what if they're going to come get her at school? And, you know, it was... It was- pretty scary and i was like what if you know like i said what if they see that was in the system and now they're gonna do constant checkups and um what if like i forget one day to mop (laughs) the floor and you know it's like uh crazy thoughts and um so when they finally did close you know the case and the file and whatever it was oh it was emotional and overwhelming and
0: you probably questioned yourself again as a mom too eh? like if you were doing a good enough job and all those things all over again, and then you probably again we're overcompensating and doing more because like yeah, I'm almost being told that like you're not you know you're not doing enough or you're not good enough like by somebody else, almost,
2: yeah, I was working from home at the time too, and it's like i'm you now I'm scared after that, like what if she gets hurt in the house <laughs> like you know, am I going to be trouble for that because I'm working? Like, is that going to be? Is, yeah. And then because now I already had a case, you know, that was open, will that now make me a guarantee to mm-hmm. investigate? So now that I'm living in a it small have- town again, now it's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it must have felt like such a big setback to, like, have had that happen. Like, you, you'd come so far and, like, terms of your your confidence as a mom your confidence with Ava like she like she knew if she fell and got hurt when she went outside to come home and told like to see you but it was mm-hmm. the nosy neighbor who <laughs> took it too far but like I can't imagine like I know how you are as a parent like that she was like running amok on the street and like no but like <laughs> I can't imagine how much of a setback though that must have felt like for you to have come mm-hmm. so far with your anxiety and with your like mental health issues and all of that stuff to finally be like okay i trust her to take the dog to pee and then have something yeah. like this happen right it must be such a awful setback and like putting you back almost to square one of like okay but i'm a good mom because yeah. you are a good mom but and... it's just
0: being told almost like you're not so. yeah, yeah and
2: yeah, hearing but... it from those specific people
1: and then like was... your your pre- your past experience with them as well like it must, but it, that also must have been trickery. It so, was,
2: um, yeah. I remember from there too. I had a few nightmares that would come back and flashbacks that came back with it, and um, definitely square one. Overprotective now, too scared to even let her eat by herself because don't want to <laughs> now, even though she's old. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely hard to work up again because it took me so long to even let her just do something small like that.
0: How are you now, like? With your mental health and everything, how are you dealing and how are you coping? And
2: Yeah. So now that I am pregnant again for the first time, since like nine years. Um, the biggest thing for me again was now that I'm pregnant again, no one around me is speaking to me again or coming to visit me. Mm. And it's like, again, I thought I was old enough that this wasn't going to be a thing, but apparently just parties are partiers, I guess. Mm. But, um, so that kind of like relived that moment of loneliness again, but Mm. I'm, I'm really happy that I finally get the opportunity to be self-aware and go to my mental health and be pregnant again for this. And, um, a lot of people would think, you know, if you do have such trauma and you're going to have a baby, give it away, Mm -hmm. quotation marks, um, that's going to be triggering, but. The fact that I get to help somebody is probably the most healing thing in the world. No um, kidding. I'm also taking back my body.
0: Um, mm, yeah.
2: I'm choosing to use my body for the good power that it has. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, that was a big thing for me too, is taking back my body and for doing this is is so healing in so many ways.
0: Yeah, that's such a so it- good point to make.
2: It is. I mean, there's so yeah, many ways to be able to take back your body, but yeah, this is definitely a huge one for me.
1: Yeah. I, I, I honestly never would have even put that connection together. So that's a really profound way of looking at it. And it's a really powerful yeah. way of looking at it because it's true. You're, you're taking it back. It's yours to do. You're taking control of your body. And
0: yeah, that's amazing.
2: But in the sense of like where I am now is, um, there's will be triggers as the ages go with Ava. Um, there's always going to be new things that come up that will I will be re- reliving things, I'm sure, that I won't mm-hmm. even realize. So I just need to make sure that I am aware of those feelings, those emotions, and have a plan in place. That's always important, no matter how far good you've done or help or support around you, you always need a plan in emotion and to yeah. understand the feeling that you're feeling in the moment because um, it might be just tomorrow or less something does trigger you and you do not see it coming. Um, yeah. but mental health doesn't go away. It doesn't matter how much medication therapy, um, mm-hmm. it's a condition just like any other physical. So,
0: no, oh, that's, that's a good place to kind of, I guess, wrap on unless there's anything else that you want to share, like that you've experienced or you want to share with other mothers out there that are experiencing the same thing as you are or anything else you want to add?
2: Um, I just want to say like, I, kn- I know it's so hard to especially talk to other mothers, because um, a lot of moms are still dealing with the trauma. So when they are dealing with the trauma, they unfortunately are judgmental, not for, you know, the mean reasons, but they may be feeling so awful on themselves that they're kind of, you know, um, deflecting. Deflecting, yeah. So, I mean, there is people though, there is other moms that are in the same space or place that you are in. So don't give up, even though you are beaten down mm-hmm. sometimes. there is There is help there and, um, don't feel bad if you are, you know, taking four steps forward and then three steps back. It's it's a lifelong battle.
0: Yep, yeah, I love that. That's look at you being so inspirational. <laughs>
1: I love it. Well, but for anyone that actually knows Renee, Renee's usually the one cracking jokes in the corner.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know when um, I became serious. And the
0: brain- I was just gonna say that. I was like. I wasn't expecting – I was like, this is a different side of Renee." day. I'm so used to be, you being so goofy and like <laughs> – It's sarcastic. I feel yeah, like I you know.
1: don't,
0: yeah, it's so sarcastic, but I feel like you don't give yourself enough credit like mm-hmm. to channel that part of you that is so like powerful and smart and emotionally intelligent and strong. Like it's just nice to to see that side of you like –
2: yeah, I feel like once like that passionate conversation comes, I just like
0: Well, this ow. is why these conversations have to happen, right? Because it yeah. can bring something else out of someone that is listening to your story, you know? And Yeah, conversations... like look at me usually
2: I just laugh at the bad like I can't <laughs> like... Yeah. I'm a very weird
1: person it Renee, to emotions. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> just gonna say Renee is very dark. <laughs> like
1: Yeah, Renee has yeah, very it's dark. Everything, yeah.
0: Very dark. Everything is very dark about Renee. So it's like, no, it's just nice to, to see that side of you and, um, yeah, to have you on here and share everything and to have, like, a different perspective, you know, and to keep the conversation going.
2: I just hope I didn't yeah. worry you guys too much. <laughs> worry you? Yeah, I hope I didn't worry you guys too much. It was to come. <laughs>
0: No, I think, I don't know about Kendi, but, like, for me, it was just nice to hear everything that you shared. Like, it it, it hurt my heart to hear some of the things because some things you didn't share with me before. And that's, again, because, like, you didn't know and you're probably ashamed. Um, I was like, you are just, CPS. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I, and I'm a social worker, but no, no, no. But I wouldn't have held that <laughs> on you, held that against no, you, God. I mean.
1: um, Yeah, I don't know if I worry so much, like, about... I have because I, I'm trying not to worry so much about what's to come because I have to have faith in myself as a parent. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to trust that I'm I'm going to do things differently and that I'm breaking the cycle and that Peter isn't going to experience like the things that I did or the feelings that I felt. And I have to trust that I'm a I'm doing a good job. Um, Yeah, but uh, it also like even just for someone to hear like your experience, Renee as someone who loves you very much Mm. to know that that was how much that you did struggle and you felt alone in all of it, like breaks my heart. And Mm -hmm. the strength and resilience that you've shown through all of the stuff that you've dealt with, you know, even the eight years that your daughter's been alive is incredible, but also in like Mm -hmm. the what 28 years you've been existing and it's the same for you, Tara, like the strength and resilience Mm -hmm. that you both show is very admirable. And I hope, you know, you guys are raising strong women. And yeah. And don't I cry, Renee, because I'm going to. Like...
2: <laughs> I, was, I, I was going to, and then I tried to, like, use my ADHD to, like, not pay attention for a second, so I wouldn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I, it's I, almost, like, a good thing. It's almost a positive thing about having ADHD, <laughs> using it for your own good. you got to use the
2: superpowers of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I seriously, like, I want you guys to know that, like, you guys are breaking the cycle. And Renee, mm. like, you definitely are. Like, I know... Um, as a mom, like, you you know, dealing with that mom guilt and, like, those pressures from society and whatever, and, like, especially from that traumatic visit that you experienced with CPS, like, I don't ever want you to doubt that you're a good mother. Like I said, like, there were situations that I've seen you handle with Ava that you handled better than I was even capable of. Like, I genuinely, like, you're not someone that CPS, that should be on CPS's radar. Um, No. You're a great mom and you are breaking the cycle. And Ava is going to have, like I said, the tools and resources and skills that none of us had. And she's going to know to speak up for herself. She has a strong voice and, you know, she has a lot of strong women in her corner. But the the two main ones being you and Tara. And it's the same for Evie. You guys are raising strong women. 100%. So I hope you guys can both find some peace in that because that's what I have to tell myself as well. You know, oh, Peter isn't yeah. going to experience the things that I have because I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, I choose to show up for him differently than the way that I choose to show up for him and protect him and all that stuff is um, yes. maybe different from what I had. Um, so those are the things that I try to find peace and comfort in. You guys um, are both killing it, man.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you again, Renee. And we won't keep you because I know you have to put Ava to bed. So. Yeah.
1: Thank um, you for coming on. I, I really, I really loved it yeah yes. thanks
2: for having me guys because i spoke about things that i've never spoke with anybody about or ever before so it's crazy that i'm doing it here yeah. um i feel like it's the best and i feel like i got a little bit of therapy out of it for me so
0: yes definitely it is therapeutic talking about these things
2: yeah it you is. don't realize and then you talk about it, you're like, ah.
0: <laughs> but yeah again thank you for being part of this and we'll let you go
2: mama Sorry. out <phone rings>
0: That was very powerful to hear her story and to share what everything she shared, especially the fact that she has, you know, an eight year old and we're just starting out yeah. our journeys um, with our babies. And what kind of stuck out for you or what did you think of, of that?
1: Yeah, it was really, um, it was really interesting because there was just like things that I've never really thought of, like moving forward as like a mom, um, you know, like I, I have to be very, very mindful because I get into a whole rabbit hole and I get really, um, I get kind of like anxious about it. Like I don't want him to experience the things that I did. I don't want him to um, feel the way that I did. I don't want him to have the same relationships that I did. Like I don't want him to this and that and blah, blah, blah. But if I get into that rabbit hole, I get almost like hyper focused on it. And, but it is nice. Like it's, it's almost good to be prepared that like things are going to happen. Like I can't predict the future. Like, I can't predict mm. that, you know, everything's going to go perfectly or the way that I want it to um, or the way that I think it's going to go. We
0: can't protect them from everything either. So that's the scary part.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is the scary part. So it's just it is really important to, like, make sure that they have the, the skills and the tools and the resources and all of that stuff to know, like, when to speak up for themselves, when to know that things aren't OK and to have trusted adults And, you know, just to be able to, like, speak up for themselves, like, that's really important. And it's a really, Mm -hmm. um, it's a really hard thing to imagine your child going through.
0: When she was speaking, I mean, like, my sister and I share similar trauma. Like, we went through, like, our trauma together. We've been through a lot together. Um, Some together, some not together. So, you know, I am worried about how much I'll be triggered or what will come up as, Evie develops and grows up, but I didn't realize how much, like, my trauma would come out when I became a Mm -hmm. mother. Like, I, I mean, I deal with my PTSD, like, every day, you know, it's a part of me, basically. It doesn't define me, but it's a part of me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done a lot of healing and growing, but it's like, you almost backtrack, right? When you have a child, it's like, oof, like, all these new things come up, and um, I've kind of mentioned briefly before, but the world is just so much is so unsafe all over again. Like Mm -hmm. I never realized how much the world seemed unsafe to me until I had a baby. Like the world was just scary. Every nobody was safe. Everything is unsafe. Even though before I knew these people were safe people and are good people. um, Like my rational brain was able to recognize that. But after having a baby and, you know, she's part of me and she's an extension of me um everything is like I'm on I'm on alert like everything it's like beep 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 unsafe beep 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 unsafe you know like everything is just you know it's hard to navigate like to rationalize and you can't rationalize things when you're going through that state of hypervigilance like for me I like shake I tremble like I have a hard time breathing like my whole I have you know like those butterflies my whole body's going through all these motions and feelings and my, thought, my thoughts are running wild. So like when that's happening, you can't rationalize and make sense of things. Yeah, it's just a lot of um, having to work through all those things and trying to like retrain your brain almost and working through your trauma all over again to be able to have, you know, allow, you know, Evie to have a relationship with, you know, her family in a way that I can be comfortable with, I guess.
1: Yeah, do you find it almost like triggering too, like that you have a daughter, that like she's a girl growing up in this like unsafe world?
0: I don't know if it was so much the fact that she's a girl. Like I want to protect her from everybody. Like it's almost like everyone seems unsafe to me and has some kind of like, and everyone just almost has like some malicious intent, even though they don't. (laughs) Like my rational side of me can it knows that, but to me, it's just the fact of everything triggering me and everyone being unsafe and um, having people around my baby and, you know, being vulnerable in the fact of like my baby's an extension of me and allowing people close to her is terrifying, like leaving her alone with people and allowing people to care for her or getting close with her and doing things without asking or overstepping. It's just like, I go back to that inner child that was unsafe when mm-hmm. people are around and all, like all over again, I'm I'm back to being that child who is being abused, and nobody is safe because um, when I was a child, no nobody kept me safe. It's Like let's just you know, without I guess getting too deep in into it, I mean, I wasn't kept safe by the people that should have kept me safe. I was hurt by the people that should not be hurting me. You know, my loved ones, my caregivers. Um, Professionals, you know everybody. No one kept me safe. No one was looking out for me. Um, So at a very young age, I learned that the world is unsafe and no one can be trusted. And I can only keep myself safe and trust myself. And you know, so that's that's terrifying. So now to have a baby, it's like, well, yeah, it's almost confirming.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's like who's safe and who's going to take care. Like, and then almost like validating you're like, oh, I'm the only one who can take care of her. I'm the only one that's going to Exactly. Yeah.
0: That can meet her needs and um, that can, yeah, that can love her and keep her safe. I'm the only one. And and obviously Brandon, because I love Brandon and he, lo- I, you know, he's someone that, but still even there's things that I feel like he can't do right or doesn't know or whatever that I need to like take control of. Like I'm very controlling and when it comes to Evie, um, I kind of dictate almost everything. <laughs> it's just something he's probably gonna have to live with. Um, yeah,
1: but it's also he do, like he doesn't have the same understanding that you do, and you know, like you you guys have different backgrounds and experiences, and it's it's harder for you because you know you lived in a world that you felt is unsafe, and you know now you have a baby who is an extension of you, and you're <clears throat> you know fiercely protective of her. You know, as mothers are, and you know,
0: it's but in a whole different way, right? Like, yeah, I have that typical mama bear instincts, but also it's like, it's just like times, times a thousand because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I have that experience of childhood trauma, and yeah, it's just all of those things have come out since being a new mom and mm-hmm. working through different things and understanding, having to understand myself and work through my trauma all over again, you know, it's tough. So yeah, it's, it's nice to hear what Renee has shared because now I'm going to be aware of, you know, the fact that I'll <laughs> be triggered in different ways and, um, and you can it's almost always going to be an ongoing. Yeah. I get ahead of it. It's going to be an ongoing thing. Right. So like, mm-hmm. what has it been for you since you've been a mom and have a son, like what k- kinds of thing have it has been a challenge?
1: I like with just I, I find it's hard because I don't get a lot of understanding like from like the generation of parents before us and the way that I choose to show up for him because I'm very like involved in his everyday like I, I sit and play with him I you know I sit and read with him I sit and do all those things with him but I grew up as an only child um, which I don't want to like get into like the nitty gritty either of like my entire life and backstory. Um, I, I spent a lot of time like alone and, you know, my mom was going through a lot of like challenging things, like aside from being like a young mother and, you know, she was dealing with, I and I don't want to speak to my mom's trauma, but like she was just dealing with a lot of things as well. So, um, I spent a lot of time like alone, like reading books and like playing by myself and like, you know. It it was super lonely, like, growing up as, like, an only child. And it's funny, because I'm not an only child now. I have a a 15-year-old sister. And, you know, she's Mm -hmm. it's great. But sometimes I feel like more of a paternal figure to her. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did, like, I moved out after she was born. But for reasons outside of, like, her being born. Like, it wasn't because of her. But Mm -hmm. she always jokes that I moved out because of her. But that wasn't the case. But (laughs) um, So I grew up as an only child for a majority of my time. So I spent a lot of time alone. So... I didn't have like the like I didn't have a lot of adult people who took an interest in my day to day. So like I was going out as a kid doing things I shouldn't have been doing, and I grew I just grew mm-hmm. up way too fast on top of it. So um, I'm being very mindful with Peter to like be involved in what he's playing with, and be involved in what he's doing, and being the one that's helping him like walk, and you know helping him learn how to speak, because like those were things that I missed in my childhood, like of having people interact with me and play with me and, like, even, like, to pretend to be interested sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm very mindful um, and I never realized that that was because of the way that, like, I grew up and Mm -hmm. there's just, like, other things, like, you know, like, how, it's like you said, like, you're feeling, like, as a mom, like, naturally, like, we're fiercely protective of our babies, but, like, when you've had, like, when you've experienced some of things that i've experienced like it's like it's almost like you said like it's at a thousand like i'm extra protective of of my baby and i'm extra um extra involved extra you know it's and it's i kind of struggle in the same area that you said like i do i am a little bit more controlling about the things that go on in like baby peter's day to day um and that's something that you know i'm working on but like there's never going to be a point where i fully relinquish control to anybody like he's my son Mm -hmm. um me and Peter are a team, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, like, not unfortunately, um, but, like, I'm his mother. I carried him for nine months. I know it's best. Yes. Um, I, I'm yeah, the one exactly. that I did all the reading. I did all the preparation, and I don't have to do anything that yeah. I'm not comfortable with.
0: Um, exactly. Just because you're mentioning your mom, but, like, I mean, you don't have to answer this, but I'm just wondering, like, for both of us, I wonder how much, I don't know, has impacted us as being moms now, like with our own children, like how that's impacted our relationships or our thoughts or our feelings towards our own moms, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the things that we've went through, like our, sorry, not just our moms, but our parents, our caregivers, Mm -hmm. whatever, like how that's impacted us. Like for me, um, I mean, I look at my parents differently in a way of like, how could you ever – you know, harm your child in any way. Like, how mm-hmm. could you allow that to happen? Like, I can't imagine, you know, ever, yeah, allowing her to face kind of hurt or go through that. Mm-hmm. You know, like the amount of pain that I went through, and it's just,
1: it's hard to wrap my mind around. I guess, like, it's yeah. hard to understand, right? I read something somewhere. Like, I don't want to, you know, like I've done, I've done a lot of work around the relationship that I've come to have with my mom. We we didn't have an easy go. I didn't have a good relationship with her through my entire teenage life. I don't want anything I say to sound like disparaging towards my mother. Like my relationship yeah. with my mom has come leaps and bounds. Um, but there was a time in her life like where we weren't good, and there was just some things that happened. And I understand now, like in the place that I am in my life, that you know there was there was a lot of things going on in her life, um, and she did the best she could with what she had. Yeah, unfortunately, bad things. Some, some not great things happened. Um, yeah. So I, I try not like to place blame on her, and I try to show her a little bit more grace than, which is also because she's the only parent that I really like have in my life. um mm. Not, not to say that that's the only reason that I, but like she's the one. Like she, she you know, she's been there since day one, and mm-hmm. um, that's also some growth, right?
0: being <clears throat> of you being a mom now is just knowing that your mom was doing the best that she could and with what she had right like mm-hmm.
1: and I I think that's helped me like being like I did a lot of I've done a lot of therapy like in my life and I you know I have learned that like she did what she could with what she had but then there's also like kind of another another layer of like I, I read something like something showed up on my TikTok feed and it really it really hurt because it was mm. so the quote was as a daughter, I forgive you, but as a mother, I'll never understand mm, yeah and it really like it really hit me like in a very different mm-hmm. way and- it's just
0: a good point to make because like yeah you forgive and you have grace mm-hmm. and everything but like you won't understand in the way of like you're not you're gonna ensure that your son doesn't face mm-hmm. the same like heartache or pain that you did and I feel like that's that just shows. How great of a mom you are and your self-awareness and that mm. and the fact that you're kind of like breaking that cycle right to mm-hmm. ensure that he is loved and cared for and you're taking the time you know to spend with him and you're taking in all those little moments and you're being so aware of that like you're already <laughs> set on such a good path like he's only one and you're already and you know doing all those do things
1: a- so <laughs> i will i will i will make my my usual joke i do a lot of fucking therapy <laughs> 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 like and honestly like living with her for the last year like has also really helped me understand her a little bit more um right so you know gr- i'm really grateful for like where we are so like i like i don't want anything that i've said about like my life experience or like anything that i've shared like just to, to mm-hmm. be like a bad reflection of her like she was a young mom like renee like she got pregnant very young mm-hmm. I think she had me when she was Mm -hmm. 18 so like she so that was another thing that i almost i struggled with when i was a teenager was because i seen her be such a different mom for my sister than me but at the same time too like me and my sister were very different kids like i i was a handful i will say it my sister is pretty quick to just she's kind of saucy but like she just walks away i was very like i would yell back in my mom's face and it wasn't okay yeah uh so yeah, like that was one of the things that I struggled with was like seeing her like parent my sister very differently because like I said we were just very confrontational with one another. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it makes me like it makes me feel a little better too to know that my sister has she has a different experience with her mom than I did, and yeah, and like I said, like I've come to a, a place like I can't throw on like how, like, you know, how bad our relationship might have been or, like, the things that might have happened and, like, the people that yeah. may have been in our life. Like, she just wasn't in the best place. And I, I try to show her a lot of grace about her because I know, like, I would, if, you know, she made a mistake or she made, yeah, and that's, you know, that's normal. And I don't know, maybe I do show her some grace because she's the only parent I have in my life. But she's also the only person right. who has fought for me as much as she does despite how often yeah. i had been to her one of the things that like i was all, like the one of the things that i kind of struggle with and i get kind of like emotional about is like when i was like 15 like i i i really didn't like my mom and she like she knows this it's not a secret <laughs> she like knew i didn't <laughs> like her i said to her face once that i i hated her and i didn't hate her but i was just mad at her but i told her like to her face that i hated you i hate you and I was just mean to her like I was a really mean teenager mm-hmm. because I had like there was just so much things that had happened and you know like um, just shitty stuff that had gone on on the sidelines of you know me not even living with her and then having someone kind of like poison me against my mom, which wasn't the person that I lived with but like like so that's like a whole other thing too it's like to deal with like mm-hmm. the like emotional abuse almost that I dealt with like or the mental abuse almost like I was my mom was painted as like this awful person like this whole time. When, like, really, she was just young and didn't, like, she was learning as she went, and she made it, like, she made a mistake, and then I just, like, this person took advantage of that situation, and really, like, my mom's, like, a villain, so I was really mean to her, and I was like, I hate you, you're the worst, like, I don't want anything to do with you. I remember one day crying because, you know, like, I love my son so, so much have an intrusive thought of like, what if baby Peter hits me the way that I hated my mom? Probably. I remember like talking to Peter and he was like, Kennedy, he's never going to hate you. He's like, you've shown up for him since day one. Yeah, you have. He's mm-hmm. never going to have like outer interference because that relationship yeah, he has,
0: with you. Yeah, he's going to have that open relationship
1: with you and you're going to, yeah, you're going to make sure that. And I wonder like, maybe if me and my mom had a different attachment style, you know what I mean? Yeah, I a,
0: things have been different, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, would that have been able to happen you know what i mean um
0: i feel like that's a good place for us to wrap on because we have like a part two so yeah if you want to just talk about
1: what the second part will be about okay close friend of mine we had a pretty profound conversation the other night like um challenges in navigating motherhood it's also almost like healing our inner child because we're parenting almost the way that we wish we would have been parented. Um, the, the topic specifically for next week is going to be healing our inner child through motherhood. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, because I remember even mention it, mentioning it to you and you were like.
0: Yeah, I was like, whoa, I never even looked at it that way. But like now mm-hmm. we need to talk about that. And it's good to have it from that perspective and break it down from part one. Okay, these are the challenges. But part two where, you know, the the positive I mean, yeah, side of you. it.
1: 'Cause like I think Britney's perspective was really important too. Cause it really shows like how much she would have like suffered in silence and like the times that she's had with Ava. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important we highlight that because, you know, there there are challenges and um But there's, there's also beauty in it. So stay tuned for next week's episode and we hope that you enjoyed it and took something from it I guess
0: yeah and stay tuned for part
1: two all right thanks
0: everybody and that's all for this episode of mamas with trauma and unpopular opinions thank you for listening find us here again next week at 6 p.m on apple music or spotify and be sure to be following our social media pages on instagram at mamas with trauma podcast and on facebook at mamas with trauma and unpopular
2: opinions